Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Cleaned up. They even deal with temptation. Temptation is common, amen? Temptation is certain. We all struggle with temptation. Nobody talks about temptation much anymore. Uh, you don't hear much about it anymore, but the, it's just a common fact that you are going to be tempted. And so we begin to talk about temptation because I am convinced that if you are going to defeat temptation, and you're going to, that you've got to know how it works so that you can know how to defeat it. And so we begin to talk about how temptation works because temptation makes you feel like you're on an island all by yourself. And I want you to be able to not only survive Temptation Island, I want you to move off of Temptation Island and recognize that you can defeat temptation. So last week I talked to you about the tricks, the, the way the enemy tries to trick us, to tempt us. And the first thing I said to you is that the first temptation trick is this, that the, the devil will try to get you to blame somebody else for your temptation. But James said, don't even say, don't you dare say that God tempted me. Don't blame God. Don't blame your neighbor. Don't blame the movies. Don't blame the government. Don't blame your spouse. Nobody can cause you to sin. In fact, I said it like this, and y'all were real quiet last Sunday when I said this, but it's true. We plan our sin. You don't just accidentally sin. You plan, you plan how you're going to cover it up, how I'm going to enjoy it. Nobody's going to know about it. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, see, see, there's some real folks in that. We plan to sin. Nobody accidentally sins any more than you accidentally have a baby. You plan that thing out. And so, so yeah, I just said, you can't blame nobody. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, it's not your fault. It's my fault. I did it to myself. Yeah, yeah, we plan our sin. We, it's our fault. Then I said this, the second temptation trick is this. The enemy will try to get you to feel like you're special. Nobody knows how tough I got it. Nobody in the course of history from the day, dawn of the age, nobody's ever been tempted like I'm tempted right now. The devil got all of his demons together and got a little special planning meeting just for me because I'm so special. He does that to us. If we buy into that, then when somebody comes along and says, hey, I can help you, we go, no, you can't. You don't know what I've been through. And we isolate ourselves and we convince ourselves that nobody's struggling like we are. I got news for you. you I, I, I know I sent you to counseling last week when I told you this. You're not that special. Old dog, old tricks. He's using the same stuff on you that he's used on people for decades. Therefore, we've got to know that because God will send people to you to help you overcome that temptation. And if you think you're so special, you'll say, oh, you can't help me. Yes, they can. God sent them to help you. you got to quit buying into the lie that you're special. Yeah. He's just using old tricks on you. And then I told you this. The last temptation trick was this. It, the, the devil will try to get us to fall for hookers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you remember that James says that he tries to entice us away. And it's a fisherman's ter term where he uses a, a lure or a bait and he dangles it in front of us to pull us away from God, pull us away from our family, 
pull us away from the body. That's what he tries to do. He lures us out. The only problem is, is although the bait looks good, there's a hook in there. And on that hook's a little barb. And, and even though the bait may taste good for a season, because sin is fun for a season, one of these days you, woke, you wake up and you've got a hook in your mouth and you've been hooked. And so I said, the only way to understand temptation is to know that the enemy will send little hookers along and you'll bite on it and all of a sudden, whoop, he sets the hook and you're trapped. So you can't fall for the bait. You've got to see the hook. So that's how temptation works. So what I want to do this morning is take you a little bit further and try to show you how to defeat temptation. How many of you want to win against temptation, right? We can win, amen? Touch your neighbor and say, you can beat this thing. Come on. Yeah, so, so let's go a little deeper. We've got to be able to defeat temptation. So turn with me, if you will, to probably... I believe one of the most famous passages of Scripture when it deals with temptation. It's an, a living example of somebody who dealt with and defeated temptation. Genesis chapter 39, beginning in verse 2. You're going to recognize this story as soon as I start reading. It says this, As it turned out, God was with Joseph and things went very well with him. He ended up living in the home of his Egyptian master. His master, I love this passage because I ought to preach to you about you can be so close to Jesus that your boss can recognize him, your neighbors can recognize Oh, y'all ain't even listening, but that's a different sermon. I don't have time to preach that one. We'll preach that one later. It's called the marketplace anointing where you can actually do, do more than just use your gift here. You use it where you work and where you live and people recognize Jesus. Oh, yeah, I ain't got time. His master recognized that God was with him and he saw that God was working for good in everything he did. He became very fond of church. Joseph and made him his personal aide. He put him in charge of all of his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. From that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian all because of Joseph. Your uh, your, 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 your job place should be blessed because of you. Your school ought to be blessed because of you. Y'all ain't listening to me. Your, your, your neighborhood ought to have the blessing of God, not because, uh, because of you. Because you bring Jesus. Oh, I can't even preach that message. It's a different message. I'm going to preach that one of these days. The blessing of God spread over everything he owned at home and in the fields. And all Potiphar had to concern himself with was eating three meals a day. How many of you want that lifestyle? I just want to eat three times a day. Don't want to bother with nothing. Okay, that's where Potiphar was because of Joseph. Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. He was fine. I, guess, I don't know. As time, what do you call a man that looks good other than handsome? Hot. What? Come on, help me, Ashley. I, what? Okay, yeah. Uh, I, what would he say? I don't even say that. As as time went on, his his master's wife became infatuated with Joseph, and one day said, "Sleep with me." He wouldn't do it. He said to his master's wife, look with me here. My master doesn't give a second thought to anything that goes on here. He's put me in charge of everything he owns. He treats me as an equal. The only thing he hasn't turned over to me is you. You're his wife after all. Yeah, just reminding you who you are. How could I, this is an important statement here. How could I violate his trust and sin against God. She pestered him. Here's a perfect illustration of temptation here. She pestered him day after day after day after day after day. That, that's temptation right there. But he stood his ground. He refused to go to bed with her. 
And on one of these days, he came to the house to do his work, and none of the household servants happened to be there. Yeah, right. Uh, I think she set him up. She grabbed him by his cloak, saying, sleep with me. He left his coat in her hand and ran out of the house. And when she realized that he had left his coat in her hand and run outside, she called to her house servants, look, this Hebrew shows up, and before you know it, he's trying to seduce us. He tried to make love to me, but I yelled as loud as I could. With all my yelling and screaming, he left his coat blessed beside me and ran outside. Now, you got to know the rest of the story. I'm not going to read it all. This is just the back, the, the setup. Y'all, y'all know what happened. She made false accusations. Joseph ends up in jail for something he didn't do. Now, you got to keep that in the back of your mind. You got to read your Bible and understand, all right? This is children's church passages. You ought to know this, all right? So that's what happens. But, but what this passage does is it shows us how to defeat temptation. But first, let me say this. Temptation is... This shows us how temptation works again. It's daily pestering. The most effective type of temptation usually is not the one time I saw something that caused me to fall. It's the day after day after day after day wearing on me. It's that one thing, that one lure that the enemy uses on you over and over and over again. What this passage teaches us is this, you can't let down. Just because you beat temptation today does not give you permission to take a break tomorrow because as sure as you show up tomorrow, the same temptation, if it's going to be effective temptation, will come against you again. You have got to resist and continue to fight that thing on a day-in, day-out basis. There is no vacation when it comes to temptation. You've got to fight this thing. Daily guard yourself. Stay alert. Don't ever let down. Don't ever give it. You've got to recognize that the devil knows how to use effective temptation by pestering you day after day. That's what he does. Isn't it interesting for you guys that deal with lust that every time you turn the TV on, there's something on there that you see? Surprise. Yeah, I, I pick up a magazine, and, 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 and lo and behold, it's the first page I turn. Not coincidence. It's daily process. Yeah. Uh, those of you that have bad attitude, are you surprised that it's always the same person that causes the bad attitude to come out of you that calls you on the phone every Monday morning to start your week off? Surprise. Pestering. That's what temptation does. So how do we defeat this stuff? Four R's. We've got to go back to the four R's. Let me show you what, how Joseph systematically defeats temptation because now, although it may not be profound, it's effective. If you will do, simply do what Joseph does, it, you can defeat any temptation that comes against you. Y'all didn't get that. I'm going to say that again. I'm, I'm making, here's your money back guarantee. If you will do what Joseph did, I can guarantee you, you will defeat the temptation that has been beating your hind in for decades. All right. So listen closely. The first one is this. I want you to notice. The first step of defeating temptation is that we must refocus. Refocus. Uh, let, me, let me explain to you that the power of temptation is totally wrapped up in its ability to get your eyes off of the prize. Uh, it, it is totally wrapped up in trying to get you to forget 
what is important. Y'all remember those of you that were here last week, I had this hat. And on this hat, I had all these temptations dangling. There was a naked Barbie. There was a pack of cigarettes. There was a $20 bill. There was a beer can. There was a Twix candy bar. There was jewelry. There's all these temptations. that There was a car. All these temptations we're fighting. And, and what the devil does is he gets us to focus on what's right in front of us and forget what's really important. That's how bait works. That's what he does. He tries to surround us and wrap us up with the temporary so that we get our eyes off of the eternal. We have to see past the bait to get our focus back on what really matters. I want you to notice how Joseph does this. It's important. He defeats temptation by diverting his attention off of what is in front of him back onto what really matters in his life. And he does that by asking this question. It's an important question. He says, how could I do this to my master or how could I do this in sin against God? Now, I want you to notice something. Joseph could have focused on what was tempting him. You got to know Joseph's story. Go back and read. He could have said, you know what? I'm going to focus on the pain of my life. That's what I'm going to focus on. Because, see, Joseph had been thrown into a pit, betrayed by his brothers, rejected by his family. They'd taken his coat of many colors, ripped it up, poured blood on it. You messed up my nice clothes. And went back to his daddy and lied and said he was dead and sold him into slavery. Didn't care about him. He could have said, you know what? I used to be the favored. Now I'm, in, I'm a slave. I used to be, I, I used to be uh, all this stuff to my family. Now nobody even knows where I'm at. And I'm in so much pain that I will justify. Y'all ain't listening. I will justify what I want to do. He could have focused on his pain and gone into what he wanted to do. Don't we do that sometimes? He, he, could, have focused on, he could have focused on his position. He said, the, the Bible says that out of Joseph's own mouth, he says, my master treats me as an equal. I deserve this. I deserve this opportunity right here. I, I, nobody will, even though I'll be able to cover it up, I, deserve, I will focus on my position. Man, I just need this. Come on now. He could have focused on that. He could have focused on her. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, probably, I, I'm probably taking a little liberty here, but I, I just have this sneaking suspicion she was probably pretty. Now, it doesn't really matter. Because y'all know that doesn't really have any bearing on whether or not he makes that mistake or not. Because, you know, I, there's a comedian out, and, and although he's not a great theologian, and uh, he made this statement one time, and I, I'm... I guess he may be right. He said about men, he said, once a man sees one woman naked, he wants to see them all naked. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It has nothing to do with it. Because you know what I've discovered? When I, when I watch and see men leave their wives and leave their families for other women, I'm like, really? You couldn't upgrade? I mean, that's the best you could do? I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm not right there, ugly as dirt. And you're like, what in the world are you thinking? You know what the problem is? They didn't focus correctly. It had nothing to do with how she looked. It had to do with I got my focus on pleasure, and I got my focus on the thrill, and I got my focus on what was off limits, and all of a sudden, I just re I didn't get my focus right, and so I just saw that, and I wanted that. If we would ever learn to, Joseph refocused, and he did it like this. He stopped and asked a question. He asked the right question. Oh, that we would ever learn to stop just long enough to ask the right questions because he refocuses on what's important. He's standing there with a woman that wants him, and he says, you know what? 
how could I do this to my master? And how could I sin against God? In other words, I get my eyes off of you and what you're offering me. And I refocus them and go, this isn't even about you. This is about my destiny and my purpose and my future and what God has for me. If we'd ever get our eyes back on what is important, we wouldn't fall so easily. We wouldn't get focused on the thrill. We wouldn't get focused on the pleasure. We wouldn't get focused on any of that. We would focus back on the prize. We would get our eyes back on the prize because our focus determines our future. It does. See, I I don't really worry very much about uh, someone falling into temptation if they are singularly focused on what is important triumph comes. Listen, I'm trying to help you defeat temptation. Your victory comes when you get your eyes on things above, get your eyes focused and fixed back on Jesus and what really matters. When you will refocus on that, you won't fall. He can send everything he can send at you and you go, I see past that. I'm focused on Jesus again. See, I I can tell you who's going to fall by what they're focused on. You, you can talk to people, read their Facebook, and you can tell who's going to fall by what they're focused on. Because if they're focused more on their struggle than they are on their Savior, I can promise you the devil's going to get them. He's going to send a temptation, and, and they're going to fall because they're not focused on the right thing. I don't have to worry if you're going to fall or not if all your focus is on Christ and the purpose and the destiny and the plan he has for your life because you will resist every temptation and win because you're focused on the right thing. Some of you just need to refocus and get your eyes off your sickness, get your eyes off your family, get your eyes off your job, get your eyes off your bill, get your eyes off of your neighbor, get, and get your eyes back on Jesus and believe what he said yeah yeah second R third R Joseph teaches us that not only do we need to refocus we need to resist until it's time to run see I, I, I'm just convinced that, 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 that perhaps one of the greatest and most unused promises in the entire canopy of scripture is the passage of scripture that says here it is if we will resist the devil he will flee the only problem is is i think most of us aren't very good at resisting anymore we fail resistance training man when the devil comes against us with temptation we don't even try to fight him anymore we just go here i am just beat me up man i feel like a pinata i just give in here I surrender. Yeah, I, I have to look. I have to drink. I have to go there. I get What? What happened to resisting? What happened to putting up a fight? What happened to saying, no, I don't have to watch that. I don't have to go there. I don't have to do that. I refuse to give in. I, I, I just, here's a novel idea. Here it is, brand new for some of you. Resist! I'm being tempted. Okay, resist. Man up man up. The devil's a bully. He will try to convince you that you have to give in. No, you don't. You can't get no help. You don't have to watch. You don't have to taste. You don't have to take. You don't have to get involved. Simply resist. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I shortchanged scripture. Because y'all know where I got that, right? James chapter 4, verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee. We like to quote that. We just forget to quote the first part. Submit to the Lord. Then resist. And that, so 
When I'm tempted, I ain't talked to the Lord. I ain't giving him my, my direction. I'm somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. I didn't submit that to him. I didn't pray and ask him if I should buy that car, even though I got 92 credit cards all the way maxed out. But now I'm going to resist the devil and say, get the devil out of my life. Get that debt out of my life. But I didn't submit anything to Jesus. And then we're trying to fight the devil in our own power. And guess what? He won't flee when it's just you. But when you have said, I submit all of my ways to you, Jesus. I live under authority to you, Jesus. Then when I say to the devil, get behind me, get out of my life, he goes, whoo, I'm scared to death not of you I'm scared of the one you're submitted to and I take most of us can't resist him because we're not submitted <laughs> yeah see we just don't know how to submit we have been given authority we should be living in authority over the enemy and when we resist him he has to flee even Joseph operated in that authority because the Bible says she pestered him day after day after day after day and he stood his ground and would not do it he understood that he could resist until it was time to run. Uh, let, me, let me help you this morning. I just want to try to help you understand that there are times when you're trying to resist that what you ought to be doing is running. There are moments when our resistance needs to turn into running. There, there are some times that you can resist right into temptation. Because the situation didn't call for resistance. It called for showing your hind end of that thing and letting it see nothing but elbows and knees. I'm going to stay in the movie and just resist. No, get your hind end up out of that chair and get out of that room. I'm just going to go to the party and everybody else is going to drink. Oh yeah, I used to be an alcoholic, but I'm just going to resist. No, get your stinking hind end up. Get yourself in your car and go home. Well, I used to be addicted to pornography, so I'm just going to stand over here in the magazine aisle and look at the motorcycle magazines. No, resist and then run. I know, I'm just going to rebuke it. Some things don't need to be buked. They need to be run from. I am getting out of this section to save my life. Some of y'all refuse to run. You're trying to be strong. Let me just give you a word of wisdom this morning. Quit trying to be strong and just run. Just run. Yeah, see, even, even Scripture teaches us that. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Flee the, the, the evil desires of your youth. Yeah, the devil's supposed to flee for us, from us, but there are times that you ought to hook it up and get out of there. Yeah, he says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of the pure heart. There are some things in life from which we must run. Get away. The Bible says that Joseph is resisting, resisting, resisting until the day comes it's time to run. And all of a sudden, the Bible says he just dropped his cloak and took off. Some of you need to understand there are times you need to run and drop anything that gets in your way. Well, if I don't do this, my friends won't like me anymore. Drop them. I, I, if I don't do this, my boss won't favor me and promote me anymore. Drop them. If I don't do this, my boyfriend won't love me anymore. Drop the bum and run. Leave whatever you got to leave to get out with your life. See, here's the truth this morning. If some of you would run for your life, you wouldn't have to run after your wife. If some of you would run for your life, you wouldn't have to run from strife. If you would just run from what you've tried to resist and get yourself out of there, you would find yourself defeating temptation. I'm just going to tough it out. Good luck. You know, if it don't buke, you better run. I rebuke you. And I'll get all my friends. We'll stand up. Oh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And it's still standing there. Turn your hind end around and run. 
for your life. Drop whatever you got to drop to get away. See, don't misunderstand me now. You know the story. Joseph dropped everything and ran, and he still ended up in prison. Man, that's bad, man. I'm going to run from this thing, and it's still going to have consequences in my life. Yeah, maybe, but the consequences won't be nearly as bad. You think about this. What would have happened if Joseph had have justified this situation and had the opportunity to justify this and done what she wanted him to do? He ended up in prison, but can I tell you, if he'd done that, he'd ended up in worse shape than prison. He'd ended up dead. If she's willing to tell when he hadn't done nothing, what do you think she's going to do when the infatuation wears off? And Potiphar comes home. He's going to die. But because he was willing to run, he ended up, yes, he ended up in prison. And yes, he had some consequences in his life. But, but I'm telling you this, this morning, if, if he hadn't made the decision that day to run, he would have forfeited his destiny. But more importantly than maybe that is that not only would he have forfeited his, fam- his own future and his own destiny, he would have forfeited his family's destiny and future too. You know the rest of the story. The Bible says a famine comes in and his family's starving to death and they send the brothers to Egypt to get food and all of a sudden Joseph is now in control and now a master over everything and he gives out. If he hadn't run that day, his entire family would have been lost. And I just came to say that your willingness to run can save not only you, but it can save your family and it can save your kids and it can save your loved ones. Some of your kids and relatives and spouses and close friends are at risk because of your refusal to run. Their destiny is wrapped up in your willingness to get out of there. I'm just going to keep going to lunch with her. It ain't going to hurt nothing. I'm just going to keep flirting with him. It ain't going to bother nobody. I'm just going to keep spending. I mean, I got the card. It must mean I got some money. I'm just going to keep spending. Your family's at stake. Their future and their destiny is at stake and whether or not you're willing to slip on some running shoes and get out of there. All right. See, we, we claim it like this. We claim, I, I, told you, I told you last week, we make this statement. If you keep playing with fire, you get burned. We learned that in grade school. We learned wrong. Our teachers were wrong. Because if you keep playing with fire, not only do you get burned, yours gets burned. Everybody around you is impacted by. We hang out with temptation too long. Resist and then run. Hesitation leads to heartbreak. You keep playing with that thing. See, I've been praying for y'all all week. Seriously now, I've been play, praying for you all week. You know what my prayer for God, that God, I've been asking a specific thing for every one of you. I've been asking God to give you the runs. Y'all see some of y'all buking that right now. No, I want God to give you the runs. I want when you sit down at the computer and you log in and that thing pops up, I want you to run for your life. I want you to get to work and when that coworker that has influenced you every week to do things you know you should not do and treat your boss ways that you know are not, I want you to just say, oh, I got the runs in me. I got to get out of here. I want you to go home when you're about to beat your kids and act like you're nuts. And, and I just want God to give you a run and you're, where you go, I'm going to run for that neighbor that's driving me crazy and I want to key their car. No, God, give me the If some of us would just run, And then the third one, or fourth one, and the last one, you got to get this. If you don't get anything else, get this one. 
I believe not only do we defeat temptation by refocusing, by resisting and running, Joseph teaches us that if we are going to beat temptation, we must show respect. Temptation will try to get you to disrespect some things. It will try to get you to disrespect boundaries. It will try to get you to disrespect blessings. And ultimately, it will try to get you to disrespect others. Joseph shows that in his statement to her. How could I ever do this to my master? I respect him too much. And in order for me to sleep with you, I must disrespect my master. And then, not only that, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to disrespect God. How can I do this and sin against my God? This temptation is trying to disrespect my God. I'm going to have to disrespect His blessings. I'm going to have to disrespect His favor. I'm going to have to disrespect His mercy. See, I just need to tell you this morning that temptation is trying to get you to turn your nose up at God and say, what God has done for me, all the studs. I I know you ain't always been as good as you are right now and ain't always been as blessed as you are right now and I ain't always been as favored as you are right now. God has been working behind the scenes to promote you. God has been cleaning you up. God has been working on you over time. He's been working all this stuff out in your life and at the moment you fall to temptation, do you know what you do? You disrespect God and you wag your finger in His face and say, I don't really care about you. I need my fix. I don't really care about you. I want pleasure. I know you bless me, but that's all. I'm going to ruin it all by doing this but I don't really care because you don't matter to me. That's what temptation does. you got to come back to this place of respect where you go, God, you've done so much in my life. I ain't about to mess it. There ain't a thing on the computer I can find that will satisfy me like you do. There's nobody like you. I, I, I felt... I refuse to fall to this because I respect the favor that you've given in my life, that you've worked over time. I'm so much... And if you're not careful, you will disrespect God turn your nose up at all the things that he's done for you you can undo in one moment if you fall if you fail you can undo years of work that God has done in your life if you're going to defeat temptation you got to come back to this place where you respect what God has done in your life but it goes further than that we also need to understand that if we fall to temptation we disrespect others When we fall, when we don't deal with the temptation, when we don't overcome that temptation, we, in essence, look at our spouse and our kids and our loved ones and go, you're not nearly as important to me as this. That drink is so important to me that, that it's more important to me, my wife, my kids, and my, my co-workers, my, my, the, the, the people around. I, I, I respect that thing more than I respect. You don't really matter to me anymore. respect we've got to come back to this place where we understand that that we've got to elevate the relationships in our lives again to where we understand that if we fall we mess all of that up oh it's just five minutes here nobody knows i'll just take that package of paper nobody's gonna miss it i won't send in all my taxes i mean the government's got more money than what to do with now just one show one one drink one encounter Where's the respect? We got to come back to this place where we respect one another to uh, again. Uh, well, you don't understand. I just want to do what I want to do, and I don't want anybody to tell me what I shouldn't do. Where is the respect? Come on, look at your neighbor right now. I'm gonna give you a little background music. Here you go. Just look at your neighbor. And say, 
show me some respect. Come on. Come on. Just say it with a little sass. Come on. Let's get Yeah. Yeah, just tell I just need a little respect from you. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Wag your head at him just a little bit like you got some. Yeah, just give me a little respect. Just a little bit. gotta say this to you gotta you gotta understand that how you live your life either respects or disrespects those around you i'm getting ready to go somewhere if you miss everything else catch this right now i just gotta say it like this again we are connected i hear nobody talking about we're connected when we're tempted yeah yeah i'm gonna break i'm gonna break this down just a little bit and then i'm gonna let you go i always hear complaint complaints about well i thought we were connected when people that we're worshiping with in a body don't do what we thought they should do. Well, you didn't check on me. I thought we were connected. Don't worry, there are 900 other people there, but you didn't check on me. I thought we were connected. They didn't let me use my gift. I got a gift. They won't let me on that platform. Y'all, I thought we were connected. Nobody, you just want to talk about that kind of connection, but nobody wants to talk about this connection. Did you even stop for one minute when you pulled into that liquor store on Friday night and think, we're connected? No, you didn't, you didn't bother. You didn't bother. I, I don't see nobody worrying about connection when you're driving down here and somebody cuts you off and you got a big old passion sticker on the back of your window and that hand goes up and, and, and you salute them. And I don't hear you saying, well, we're connected. Respect my gift, respect my, my need, respect my want, respect my desire. But nobody wants to talk about the fact that when we fall to temptation, we literally disrespect one another. We're connected. When you fall, it doesn't just impact you. I, I did this years ago. We'll probably ought to do it again. I'm not going to do it this I'll just talk talk you through one, one Sunday morning not too long ago several oh, two years ago now I guess I had people stand up if so and so fall I want to like stand up Pastor Woody and he stood up I said everybody that would be affected if he falls I want you to stand up 95% of the congregation stood up I did it well if Pastor Steve falls how many of you will be disillusioned so if we fall because we elevate ministers. If we fall, we disrespect you. That's why those of us that are on staff here are fighting every day, and we're checking on one another and making sure we don't fall because we recognize that too much is at stake, and your walk is at stake, and we impact one another by how we live. But let me tell you something. That doesn't stop at the pulpit. I want to tell you this morning that if you fall to temptation, I'm impacted, and the person sitting next to you is impacted. If you refuse to defeat temptation in your life, you've got to understand that we are connected. We should respect one another, and when you're just around and messing up and living like you shouldn't be living it doesn't just stop at your house it impacts the entire house we will operate by house manners house manners dictate we preached about this that we will regard one another after the Lord we will respect one another and recognize that we are connected we will resolve our issues we will restore one another because we are connected 
Some of you just want to be connected when you have a need. But I'm telling you, you ought to stop before you go where you're getting ready to go and think, that I can't do that anymore because I'm connected to that body and it will bring a, a shame and a, and, a, and, a, and a blight on their name. I refuse to act like that in the line at Walmart even though she messed up my purchase because it I got the Passion logo on my shirt and we're connected. We're connected. We got to learn to respect one another again. We got to respect one another that the moment I feel like falling, I stop and I ask myself the question is it worth it to disrespect my brothers and my sisters in here to where your walk is impacted and your life is hurt? And I just want to tell you this morning if you want to defeat temptation, you better start by refocusing and get your attention back on what matters. Some of, you, some of you, I just want to encourage you this morning. If, if you need to defeat temptation, here it is. Resist. Just man up. Bow your back. Take your position of authority in Christ. Your position may not match your condition, but that your condition never changes your position. You have the authority in Christ to stand up and take authority over that thing and resist it, and it will flee. If it doesn't buke, run. Some of you just need to get the runs in your life where you run from some stuff that you've been trying to resist for years and you can't seem to defeat it, then run. And then I just want to tell you the last step is so crucial. You've got to respect what God has done in your life to where you recognize and take account that I could never be where I am if I do this. And I may never be back there again if I do this. And it's not worth it. I respect what God has done in my life. And I respect my brothers and sisters in here that I would dare put them through what they're going to have to go through when I do this thing. I respect them. If you will do the four R's, money back guarantee, I promise you, you will defeat temptation and live victorious. Simple as that. I want you to stand with me this morning. Come on, touch your neighbor say, I need some respect. Just a little bit. Think about me before you do that this afternoon. Come on, tell them. Think about it. Think about that before. Yeah. Father, I pray over my people today. God, I don't diminish or play down the fact that temptation is powerful. That temptation is difficult to deal with at times. God, everybody in here has got a target on their back right now. The enemy desires to destroy us. We're sitting ducks at times. It seems like he just keeps coming, 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 coming after us. But this morning, I pray that somehow, some way, you would allow us to refocus and recognize that the bait, there's something beyond the bait that's more important. As good as the bait may look, she may be beautiful. It may seem luxurious. I may think I deserve it, but let me see past what is in front of me to what's really important. Let me get my eyes back on what is important in life. Let me stop long enough to ask the important questions. What's really important here? And Father, I know there's some folks in this room that need a fresh dose of resistance. God, I pray that those of us that have just been laying down to everything that comes our way. We become like the devil's pinata, his punching bag. We just keep getting beat up over and over and over again. Father, this morning I pray that resistance would rise up in us and we would take our position of authority and we would defeat the enemy. But God, I also pray for those of us that have been trying to stay strong and 
the temptation keeps coming, keeps coming, keep coming. We have prayer meetings. We speak the name of Jesus over and over and over. We plead the blood. We do everything we've ever been taught to do. And that temptation is still strong. Then, Father, this morning, I pray you'd give my folks the runs. I pray that in Jesus' name, they would put on their running shoes and they would flee. They would drop whatever and whoever they have to drop to get away. I pray that they would run for their lives. I pray you'd put a spirit of a runner in us and we would man up and see that it's not resisting and we would get out of there before it impacts not only my future but my family's future. I count the cost, not just for me, but for those that come behind me. Help us to run. Father, I don't even know who I'm praying over right now. I just pray. I just sense this in my spirit. I pray for a, a, a guy in here that's been trying for a year at least to beat one particular issue in his life. And he's resisted and resisted and fallen and resisted and resisted and fallen and resisted and resisted and fallen. And he's fed up. He's tired. This morning, I just pray that he would run. He would run from whatever that thing is. He would change environments. He would change friends. He would change everything he needs to change. God, I pray for a young lady or a lady in this room that's battling battling for her life. She's tried to be strong. She's put on an air of strength. She said all the right things and that thing just keeps beating the life out of her. I pray this morning that she would rise up and run for her life and flee that thing and find freedom. And Father, this morning I pray that this body, my folks, our family, this tight-knit group of people that you've placed here, I pray that we would learn a new level of respect. God, I pray that we would respect you. You have done so much for us. I, I could stand up here for an hour and talk about the favor that rests upon this body. Example after example of miracle after miracle where you've restored relationships, where you've blessed financially in times of need, where you've moved us into places that we didn't even sow, and all of a sudden we reap our... God, the favor is evident. God, let us respect that, not only corporately, but individually. Let us recognize that you've, you've blessed us, and we don't want to do that wrong. How could we do this and sin against you? I pray we'd stop and ask that question. But, Father, I also pray that we would recognize our connection to one another. That we're not just connected in time of need. We're connected in time of choices. And that we would begin to make the right choices, recognizing that what I do impacts everybody in this room. Everybody that's a part of this body would be impacted by my choice and what I decide to do and where I go and who I hang out with and what I watch and what I buy and what I wear and what I listen to and what... We're connected. And I pray that we would learn to live at a new level of respect and we would honor the relationships that you've put in our lives here. They're important. God, I declare to you right now in front of you and everybody here, our relationships are important. These people are too valuable for me to fall. I refuse to fall because of these people here in my family. I refuse. Not worth it. Not worth it. 
You can step off right here, devil, because it's not worth it. You'll never offer me anything that's worth the relationships in my house and the relationships in this house in Jesus' name. And some of you got to come to that, own, that same place in your own life where you tell the devil to step off. He can't offer you something that valuable, that important. It's too, the, the relationships are too important in your life. I pray that level of respect would rise in us today, Jesus. And we'll praise you for it. This is how we're going to end this morning. I want you to find three or four people that you respect. And I want you to gather with them in a prayer circle. And I want you to begin to pray strength into them to deal with the temptations in their life. And then I want you to, when, when you're finished, I want you to look at them. And this is a covenant now. Don't do covenant lightly. God teaches us that we don't make vows lightly. We don't make these statements lightly. I want you to look at them and say, I respect you too much to fall. And allow that respect level to rise in the house this morning. And we'll live right and we'll defeat temptation. Come on, move out right now and pray for... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.